And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And it's great to have you with us, as well as our guest who is going to share with us, I think, some very interesting, fascinating things as far as the work that she does. And her name is uh, Lisa Estehart. And Esther Brooke, I don't know who that other person was. I was reading further down in the in the in the elements here. It's like Lisa Esther Brooke, and thank you for joining us, Lisa. <laughs> we, we've had an interesting journey that uh, that was on me, uh, but that's okay. It happens. But we we solved the problem, and here we are. You're an artist. You're a mother. You're a way shower author. You're. Um, a home herbalist as well as a plant, I like this, a plant whisperer. Uh, you've spent uh, basically the last 30 years remembering how to create a meaningful, heart-led, healthy, and joyful life with the sound, the soul flower plant spirits um, as your loving guides. We'll talk about that as well. And you also have uh, an oracle deck. What's the difference between an oracle deck... And um, I, I, I guess the best comparison would be in a, a tarot, uh, tarot card deck. Right, right. Well, tarot is a really ancient system. It has like particularly a major arcana and a minor arcana and a set of a set of suit, you know, different suits that you learn. They all have their assigned meaning. Uh, an oracle deck is really a much more. <laughs> it can be anything. A free form. Mm-hmm. The uh, the messages can be whatever the the creator assigns to them, and so they're both tools for divination, uh, which is you know learning about yourself. In my in my mind, I don't use either for fortune telling. I guess mm-hmm. it's more it's you know they're they're tools for self knowledge for for you know connecting with your inner world in a way that's a little guided and tangible and so that's 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 kind of the difference in a nutshell Mm -hmm. i don't actually utilize tarot myself i did dabble with it when i was a kid but i just it's too complex a system uh and uh so yeah i don't know i mean i I just want to keep it simple I wanted to keep it simple. That's yeah. what that's that's a good motto for my life. Actually, <laughs> how did you uh, how did you come up with uh, uh, this uh, this deck? Uh, well, good question. But uh, for me, it was one hundred percent my own journey, my own healing journey, my own journey of personal growth and self discovery. And it didn't. It wasn't an idea. I said, okay, I'm going to create this oracle deck and begin this business, it really is, you know, something that I fell into and the plants were the, the initiators uh, and they guided me through the process. I was probably h- halfway through the deck before I actually realized that I was creating a deck. So <laughs> the intention behind it was always just simply to grow myself. And then when I finished and when I completed this project, I was encouraged to self-publish it. I self-published it in 2016. And my soul flower journey is just continuing to unfold and unfold and unfold since mm. then, including now the, the the mass market version that Findhorn Publishers, which are an imprint of inner traditions, they have stewarded it into what I want to say is it's a, 
it's grown up version. It's very adult. It's, it feels like a child. It feels like a baby that I, uh, that I've sent out into the world uh, as a young adult now, and it's out into the world. So it's, it's been, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a one day at a time process. It's It's never been something that I've consciously said, I'm doing this and I'm building this business. <laughs> That's never been my, my way. So, so that's that in a nutshell. <laughs> uh, I've often used this phrase and I'd love for you to expand upon it because it sounds mm-hmm. like this is where you're coming from for sure. Nature is our greatest teacher. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, we are nature. <laughs> took me a while actually to to really um, embody that truth, to really understand that truth. We are often, we often speak of like nature as something separate from us. And nature is the sunset. Nature is the planet that we live on. And I certainly felt that way for a, a good deal of my life. And it was, you know, when I was at the, I would say it was like a midlife crisis, essentially, that began this process, this healing journey process. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm on my knees, I'm in pain, I'm not happy. And I felt unsupported. I had a lot of narratives and beliefs and stories about, you know, I was sort of a victim of my own life, if you Mm -hmm. like, a victim of life in itself. And it was nature that my relationship with nature and my remembering that I was in relationship with nature, that I was nature, that kind of brought me slowly out of that, that place of suffering. And so nature is our greatest teacher. It's, a, it's, it's just like Oracle cards, actually. It's a mirror for us, just like each, of, each, each relationship that we're in is a mirror for us. And so the flowers were, the flowers and the trees and nature was a mirror for me. And whenever I'm in nature, I mean, and everyone can attest to this, you know, you, you know, you can find your breath, you can find uh, a moment of respite, you know, in my garden, I found just deep solace for myself and peace. And so whatever was happening in my busy life, I would go out into the garden. And for the time that I was there, working, laboring, I, you know, was in a full present state, like really present with what I was doing. I wasn't, my, I wasn't in my mind prison. <laughs> I was just there. And, and it was in that space that I started to realize that I was communicating with nature. And through, I mean, it took me a while to remember that I was nature itself, but, you know, I was in awe of it. And it was white pine, actually. I remember kind of walking through the woods and I'm looking at the, it was a muddy spring in Maine and, the you know, sort of avoiding the mud puddles is kind of how we all are. We sort of have our heads down, right? You know, trying to avoid the shit in our lives and the muddy puddles. And, and I stopped to look in the mud puddle and it was the most beautiful reflection of the trees above me and the white pines where I live in the white pine state and the pine tree state, and they are just reflected in this puddle. And so were the clouds and just the, the light. And it was just the most 
beautiful thing. And I'm just like, okay, I'm staring at this mud puddle. It's the most beautiful thing. And I was just overcome with this sense of just awe and, you know, magnificence at life itself. And in my sort of mind, I was like, wow, you know, how, you know, thank you for this gift. I went to a straight, a place of open heartedness and a, and a place of gratitude for the experience of life in itself and was, you know, just exclaiming out loud, how can I, how can I know you better? How can I serve you? And I just felt through my whole body, this message, which was something along the lines of learn to see the beauty that you see in me in yourself. Mm. And it really was a huge aha moment for me that not only am I a part of nature, I mean, I, 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 it went down to the cellular level. I, you know, everything that's all the building blocks of who I am is the building blocks of the tree that it was connected to me, the, the land that I'm walking on. It was just a whole it's a sort of a finite set of molecules that are rebuilt, are building what is form in the world. And then it, it, it fades away and regenerates and comes back in new form and it's processed through us and it's processed around us. And that really awakened in me this, this understanding of us as a, as a part of nature, as cyclical beings within it. And then recognizing how I have so out of step with this cyclical way of being, even, you know, as a woman who cycled at the time, you know, it was like, I felt like I was in a perpetual summer, you know, know, always doing, doing, doing Mm. and pushing, pushing, pushing and striving, striving, striving. And I had forgotten the winter. I had forgotten the fall, the letting go. I'd forgotten all these aspects that are what actually supports that growth in the spring and the summer. And so that's a really long convoluted answer because I speak in spirals because that's who I am. But, um, you know, that is nature like reflecting at us all the time, this, this truth in that, that we are and cyclical. And I remember too, like thinking story, here's a story in my life of just feeling miserable every New Year's Eve, right? Here's Here's what I need to do to fix myself. Here's my New Year's resolution. And and it came from a place of just extremely wounded and obligation, Mm. a trauma even, and a great deal of pain. And you would try to fix yourself. Well, this year I'm going to do this. And, and, you know, of course, inevitably it fades away because it comes from this pain place. And then you just feel bad about yourself. And what nature would say to me was, oh, look, here's the sunrise. Here's a new day. Every day is a new day. You don't need to pin everything on this, this new year. Yeah. And maybe even it's every breath, every breath, you get to take a a breath and and start over. You don't have to, you know, wait for this magical date. Yeah. Yeah. To create a new beginning. And then, so it's like, so it's, so, you know, I just started to connect in with this abundance, if you like, of, how nature is supporting us. And my kids were young at the time. And I don't know if you heard the Shel Silverstein book. It's called, um, it's a children's book, The Giving Tree. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And I was reading that to my kids and just how nature is just always giving to us, always giving, always supporting. And I really felt that in my bones. I really felt that as truth. And if that was truth, then my life was so far 
out of alignment with that truth? You know, how can I begin to align back with that? And that's when, you know, I think that, you know, that's the spiritual journey, right? And and I wanted a teacher, I wanted a mentor, and I was a seeker and reading and reading and reading and n- nothing ever really um, resonated with me except for being in my gardens. That's, and I, you know, it took a while, trusting, <laughs> trusting, trusting, trusting. But what I was remembering, you know, was was real, quote unquote. <laughs> mm. um, Lisa Esterbrook's my guest. We're talking about the uh, my soul flower spirit. Uh, that's uh, kind of the general direction that we are going. Mysoulflower.com <laughs> is the website. Soul flower spirit uh, oracle deck, which yeah. is available through her website. It's uh, it's actually the soul flower plant oracle deck as well as a companion guidebook. And um, we certainly hope that you'll go to her website once again, mysoulflower.com, to find out more about not only her, but also these different um, opportunities for you to not only find out more about yourself, but also find out more about uh, maybe your your life's purpose, the direction that you need to be going. And we hope that you'll continue uh, continue going with us here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we're here with Lisa Estabrook, and we're talking about uh, the work that she has done uh, to bring about a refocusing, if you will, on um, what's really important. Uh, it's interesting how we seem to be focusing of late, uh, uh, Lisa, on these uh, the, the the aspect of nature the natural world and uh, yes you know there's a lot of concern over um, uh, you know the 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 changing of the climates and that how you know what impact uh, does humanity have on those changes uh, maybe they are cyclical but has humanity accelerated the cycle you know that kind of thing and and um, people argue about the science. And I sit here, uh, Lisa, and I say, I don't care about science. I don't care about any of that stuff. I ask the only question that I'm waiting for an answer from those, especially from those people who are not ones who, um, they'll use science to undermine, if you will, uh, the validity of the cycles of climate change and humanity's uh, um, uh, impact. But then when it comes to the science that verifies humanity's impact, they ignore it. And I'm going, wait a minute, you can't have it both ways. But the statement I want to get to is this. Shouldn't we clean up our home? That's all I care about right now, cleaning up our home. And that would make a huge difference, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Um, And that includes includes our own uh our own homes figuratively literally literally you know? and figuratively metaphorically yeah. whatever context. all of it i mean it, yeah i mean we're we're so interwoven with it i think i think there's just a, this huge trauma that humanity believes that we're separate from it or that we can control it um dandelions on the cover of my my book my deck mm-hmm. dandelion is one of the greatest allies that I have in my life. <laughs> and it's sort of, you know, talk about paradox, you know, it's one of these, you know, it's like a first responder plant. It's, mm-hmm. it, you know, when, when humans go in and destroy an area, 
and grade it up. You know, what are some of the first plants that come in? And, you know, think of them as kind of first responders, like the first coming in with their own medicine to help heal and knit back this place that we've perhaps um, destroyed or manipulated in a way. We've we've mucked it up. (laughs) Well, we have, we have, but I also feel like, I, I, I feel like it's not irreversible and I feel like nature, I mean, we're so creative. I feel like humanity is, if we could, if we could just let go of our need to control nature and figure it all out and really just, like you said, find a way to just not clean. I mean, it is, yes, clean it up, but just find a way to reconnect and take like care for it, to love it again, to love nature for all that it gives us and how it supports us and give it uh, agency even, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, to understand, I mean, you know, it supports us in so many ways and the flowers, I mean, everyone's in relationship with flowers. We don't, we just don't see it that way. We just see them as resources, right? Or we yeah. see the earth as a resource yeah. for our own use. And so, yeah. you know, we need to reframe that. We need to reframe it as, 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 as medicine for us and support, you know, it's a support for us and we're a part of it. And that we're, you know, we're, 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 we're kind of poisoning our own home. We're poisoning our own bodies. Yeah. <laughs> in the yeah. Same process i don't know i don't know what the answers are i mean like you said i don't i don't, I don't have i'm not a scientist i don't right. know what the answers are but i, to- I totally trust in the creativity of hum- humanity to solve all the problems that we have if we can perhaps get some of the 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 large corporations you know to stop to, to stop um putting all the onus of responsibility on the individual <laughs> for yeah. some of that stuff i mean and then and then of course the the paradox is is that each re- individual has to take responsibility it's important yeah. you can't just keep, i don't know it's, i don't know it, <laughs> I I, no I, answers I, for you <laughs> yeah i find it interesting and i heard this just the other day i hadn't really been following that closely but I'd heard the other day that uh, we have reached, uh, as far as the population growth, uh, we have reached either a leveling off or, or a decline in, if, if uh, nothing more, in the growth of the population of the planet. That even though we're fast approaching, if we haven't already reached 8 billion, uh, somehow something has shifted or changed uh, where we're not making as many of ourselves as we used to be. And... The other aspect, when you mentioned corporations, there are corporations that manufacture. I, I just heard a story, maybe you heard this this morning, about the company, I guess it's the Mars Candy Company that makes Skittles, mm. that is, is now under fire again for using toxic uh, um, food colorings and so forth that they said, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing, they said they would stop using as of 2016 for five years. What? And you're going to go back to using the toxic materials after five years? And it's like these corporations, they don't care about the customer because we're making more of them all the time. Well, if we're slowing down the making of more of us, then the consumer, 
the, the number of consumers is decreasing. I mean, this is just a sidebar thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like sure. the logic <laughs> escapes me. It's you're you so Wait, it's you're killing your you customers. Manufacture something that's killing your customers. I don't understand. Well, and that's kind of that's kind of a you know a metaphor for what we're doing on the earth. Here we are polluting the earth. We're poisoning the earth. Yeah, we're polluting our bodies. Um, yeah. To what end? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, you know, like pain begets pain. I feel like we we don't we don't feel like we're a part of so we don't belong. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, we don't feel like we're part of nature. So then, if we don't feel like we're part of nature, how can we even begin to take care of it? To the you know, I don't know. Lisa Asherbrook is my guest, <laughs> and uh, we are talking about the work that she is doing here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we're talking about the. Um, Soul flower. I keep wanting to call it sunflower. Soul flower. <laughs> uh, work that she's doing. There. <laughs> What's that now? You're not alone there. A lot of people say sunflower. Well, my soulflower.com is the website, which Lisa, we will be linked to so that people can find out more about what you are doing, as well as to acquire for themselves a set of the uh, the soulflower plant spirit or, or plant oracle deck, as well as that companion guidebook. Now, when you talk about... Uh, this is the way I've kind of used both tarot and uh, I don't lay out a, a bunch of cards for tarot or that kind of thing. But it's like, okay, I'm holding the cards and I have, I can't believe how many different decks of Oracle and tarot cards that I've got at home. Through doing this program, I'll receive, I will receive, uh, uh, the, you know, the complimentary set and so forth. And one of the ways that I will use them is I will think of a question or a situation or what have you. And then I pull a card, any card, nothing up my sleeve. And then I'll go to the book and I'll find that card in the book on the page and read the description thereof. And if you do that enough... Over time, you, you you can pull the card and you don't need to go to the book anymore because you just you kind of know already. But um, our intuition when using these, these this, this oracle deck and these cards, talk to us a little bit about the aspect of trusting our own inner voice, let's say, when picking some, some of these cards yeah. for I, I a particular intent. I love the way you're using the cards. I think that's a really beautifully intuitive way of using the cards. And for me, that's how I use it as well. It's it's a starting point for self-reflection. It's a starting point for meditation. Uh, it's a starting point for learning to trust your own inner wisdom. Mm -hmm. So when you pick a card, for me, it's not it's not telling me something that I don't already know. It exactly. never is. I mean, you ask these questions, right? But And you pick a card and through the magic of frequency and vibration and all kinds of manner of things that we don't necessarily concretely understand, you receive a message, you receive a card. And it's exactly what you need to be reminded of in that particular moment. And for me, for me, the, the, it's, the Oracle cards are a tool, a self-care tool in that way. And your intuition is, it's a, it's a muscle. It's a muscle. And we don't use it because we're waiting for something, someone, an authority, an external authority, an external export to tell us what to do. We've been, we've been programmed <laughs> in that way. And I, I've, you know, I wasn't ever much of a, I mean, I went to school, of course, but I wasn't ever much of a student because 
I have a hard time with external authority telling me what to do. It's part of my medicine, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and then in the end, I'm, well, well, what do I need to do? You know, what do I need? How do I need to be? How do I need to approach these complex issues in my life? How do I heal? And over time, as I'm watering myself, as I'm tending to myself in the way you just described with the daily pick, it's like, I'm a complicated houseplant. I need to learn who I am and understand myself more. And so the, the more I continued with this daily practice, the more I was trusting my own ability to make choices for myself based on how I was feeling and my own experience, my own lived inner wisdom. Now, the cyclical nature of it that's important is that we have all these experiences in our lives, right, over and over and over again, and we perhaps don't have the time or the space or the means to spend time integrating what it is that we've learned. And so we experience perhaps patterns in our lives, mm -hmm. similar, similar experiences over and over again, you know, different cast of characters, same, same experience over and over again. If we don't take that time to integrate what we have not, what we have experienced to really compost those ideas, to really understand it and embody it, then the next time that next time we experience it, we kind of go, it's like a vicious circle. Now the universe is more of a spiral. So it says, okay, well, the next time you come around, because you've spent this time integrating, you spent this time in self-reflection, you're going to you, you know, maybe not instantly, but you're going to recognize the pattern. And then you have this choice point. Yeah, well, am I going to repeat this pattern that I know is painful unconsciously? Or am I going to make a conscious choice this time to do something different or to say something different or to be something different? Mm. You know, and so then you go, so you go around that spiral and you're, you're growing and that's the nature of the universe. And, you know, and it's always changing. And so we have this idea that we can con control life. And we, want, and we simultaneously want change, but we don't like change because it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how can we navigate it? In other words, how can we navigate it? And that's where our intuition and that's where our hearts really step in. Because I feel like each one of us, we're bio-individual. There's nothing, no one, no one knows my situation. No one knows exactly my, well, there's similarities. There's mm -hmm. cultural similarities. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, school similarity, you know, there's many similarities in the soil that makes up my life, but it's unique to me. And, and so when you're doing a daily card pull and you're, you're really starting to learn yourself, you're really starting to learn what makes you tick, how, you know, oh, that belief that I've been carrying around that story huh, actually, it doesn't make much sense to me anymore. It doesn't feel good anymore. And, and I, I, I've learned that I want to do something different. So, so to me, it's like this, this beautiful spiraling process of coming to deeper and deeper levels of understanding. And that's of who I am. And, and this is this nature of growth. So instead of trying to control life and you know, make sure I've got everything in place. This is what I did for my first half of my life. I'm doing what the teachers told me to do. I'm doing what my parents told me to do. I'm doing what society told me to do so that I will be happy and healthy. And then actually, well, you know what? That doesn't agree with me. I can't eat that. I can't do mm -hmm. this. You know, mm -hmm. I, this doesn't support me. And what does support me? Well, now I need to actually take a look at what what it is that my body is telling me and our, and our bodies are so wise as nature, they are wise and they have, our symptoms are telling us, you know, what is out of alignment? What, what do we need? 
know, what our own biome, our own microbiome, our own inner ecosystem needs to thrive. And that's where we, you know, that's where I've put my focus because also I know, you know, we, we generation, generationally, we, we keep repeating these patterns and I didn't want to pass on my trauma. I didn't want to pass on my, my habits and my, my fam, family, you know, trauma and patterns that are not supportive of growth and not supportive of, you know, happiness and well-being. So I don't know. So that's, that's, that's what intuition is to me. And I'll, mm. again, I'm spiral. Lisa Estabrook is my guest and uh, it's fascinating conversation we're having and we're going to continue having here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and we encourage you to uh, spend a little time. Go to her website. Her website, of course, is mysoulflower.com and uh, look into uh, this uh, wonderful little uh, soulflower plant oracle deck as well as the companion uh, guidebook uh, and uh, find out more about that. Let, uh, let's talk a little bit about Oh, I, I guess I should also let you folks know uh, that she is, uh, she is, of course, as most people are, with uh, one exception, me. Uh, she's on Facebook. <laughs> I do have an Instagram, folks, and so does she. Uh, so you can uh, certainly connect with her through, through those. Uh, Instagram, as a matter of fact, happens to be, uh, um, let's see here, my... Uh, soul flower that's how you'll find her my soul flower uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about something that that is um, I think going to be interesting for a lot of folks because the focal point for a lot of my pro a lot of these programs has to do with community and you have an interesting way of phrasing it of course is the soul flower community garden Tell us about that. What is that? Well, so flower medicine for me, plant medicine, earth medicine is found in our stories. And when we gather together and we share our stories, as you are obviously doing here, we have an opportunity to pass on our wisdom or to see that we're not alone in our challenges. And this community for me is a space to share my stories, a safe space to share my stories because Facebook for sure is not, and neither is Instagram. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it's a place to actually build real connection because that one way interface of Facebook, I sort of, you're standing there with your megaphone shouting and you're not listening. And a big part of growth and self-healing is in listening to other people's stories and witnessing other people's stories without judging, without intending to fix another person, just to, to see them, just to really see them and witness their experience. And so to me, this is what nature is showing me, that, that a healthy ecosystem is diverse, first of all. You have many different plants and trees and insects and animals in a healthy ecosystem. And I wanted to create a space where I brought together at this time, women from all different walks of life um, and from all different stories to, to 
share in our experiences, to share our stories, and to really begin to understand that we're not alone and we're not separate. So that's, it's very small, it's, but it's, I think that the new earth, if you like, is going to be made up of many, many, many small communities and that larger is not necessarily better, that we don't need huge platforms. What we need is connection. Mm-hmm. And I find that I need a much smaller platform. I need to be one-on-one or just to, you know, being able to connect with people one-to-one to really actually connect in a way that's meaningful and feels nourishing. Yeah. So that's the vision for that space. And it's an, it's a work in progress as are we all. Uh, but I hope that, you know, if somebody feels resonant with it, if they feel like it's a space that, is calling to them that they will find they will find community and they will find that they are welcomed, that they will find that they are seen and not judged. And um and yeah, I would, you know, and they are inspired, perhaps, hmm. by each other. Uh I mean, how do you feel when your your intention for this space and community? I am curious. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, interesting because uh, I I did have uh, a Facebook uh, three different times. I've had mm-hmm. a Facebook three different uh, page three times. Uh, the first time I deleted the uh, the the site uh, the, my my account was because I got some news that was not palatable to me, at least in that form. And as I found out about the death of one of my um, shall we call distant mentors? Actually, I did get to meet him. Uh, I found out about the death of he and his wife uh, together. She was uh, had a terminal disease and he couldn't live without her, so they decided they would leave together. Uh, the second time, I did it for the radio program, and it just became too much work. The third time, I was told, "Oh, yeah, they they're going to allow you to do this, that, and the other thing." As soon as I uh, created a new account, they eliminated the very reason why I was coming back to Facebook. So I deleted it again. I said, I don't need it. And when I talk to people, specifically our listeners and viewers, about going to the uh, podcast and videocast locations like SoundCloud and Spotify and so forth, and I ask people to subscribe, and of course YouTube where people can watch these videos, I say... I'm asking you to subscribe, not because I'm trying to increase my numbers. As a matter of fact, if I didn't know how many subscribers I had, that would be fine. But what subscribing does is it gets you notified, you the listener and the viewer notified, that there's a new interview available with new information that I think you'll find interesting and informative and enlightening and educational and so forth. So I'm not about the numbers, even though... And I do, I do mention them, you know. I mean, we're over 85,500 listens on the podcast, the audio version. And I have over 280 videos up on YouTube uh, in just the last two years that I've been posting. Now, all of that sounds great, but it's more, Lisa, you are helping us to lay out some more Uh, um, plates on the smorgasbord table of things that people can come and and try right if it resonates with some so that's that's what 
we're trying to do here is just put the information out there. And mm -hmm. I think you probably would agree that the people who need it will come to it. Absolutely. Because you're not going to get people who aren't interested. Yeah. And I think that's the, the beauty of what you're saying there is that you're, people are making a choice about what mm -hmm. to consume. And we yeah. get on Facebook and there's so much choice. This huge. It's like going into a big, you know, all you can eat buffet and you just end up leaving feeling kind of overwhelmed and sick yeah. and not really nourished yeah. and supported. So yeah. it's about making a choice, with, yeah. you know, and, and, and of course, then we we've been kind of we've been kind of seated with this fear of missing out, you know, like, yeah, I got to find out everything I got to know. And have you ever, have you ever been to a restaurant and they hand you the menu and it's like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 pages. <laughs> and you sit there and you're going, uh, okay, I can avoid all of this just by saying, yeah, bring me one of everything. Right. <laughs> you know, and again, I'm not I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a 10 page menu. It's great to have choices. But when we talk about choices on this program and you've heard me use the phrase giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. When one is going to make a choice, one needs to know what what they are. And find as many as they possibly can, but there does come a point at which you need to stop searching for other choices and pick one. Yeah. And that's where that inner voice comes in, isn't it? That's when yeah, exactly. you have to listen inside. Right. And know what resonates with you. So it's like Facebook is going wide and then you go and find you find the people that you resonate with. Yeah. And you go deep. That's what I like about LinkedIn. I, I don't use that platform, but yeah, I've yeah. I, I've heard that. <laughs> I, I would say maybe that's my Facebook, if you will, is LinkedIn, yeah. where I do mm -hmm. get a, a number of my guests from. I do not belong to a lot of groups. I do. I belong to, I think, one metaphysical group and one radio broadcast group, but that's it. And that's um, enough. <laughs> I very rarely uh, mm -hmm. like things. Just mm -hmm. you know. Uh, what does that really mean? You know, okay, I liked it. Great. And so what does that do for you just because I liked it? So what? And and if I put something up there and I post very little, um, uh, you know, if you like it, great. If you don't like it, great. You know, it's, it's no skin off my nose. Right. Life Again, goes on and I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm changing, I'm evolving. And my beliefs of yesterday are not my beliefs of today are not my beliefs of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. As we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and Lisa uh, Astabrook is my guest, and uh, we're talking about MySoulFlower.com. That is her website, as well as the Oracle deck that is available through her website, along with the guidebook. Tell me a little bit about your background, your upbringing, and the philosophy or philosophies that you were raised with. Yeah, um, I grew up in England. I'm an American citizen. I grew up in England. I kind of picked up on the accent. It's a very little. faint. It's very it slight, very but I picked up on that. <laughs> I, my mother still lives in London. And um, I was actually, you know, I, I used to think it was more of a curse, more so, you know, where I didn't actually have, you know, a, a spiritual or religious framework for 
understanding life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and actually, that's turned out to be a blessing because I have always been given the freedom, if you like, to figure out things on my own. Now, sometimes that would feel like th- this is, I had the, the, the mindset that I was not being supported when in actual fact, I was given so much room, <laughs> the, the biggest container, in fact, that I could make my own way. So it was kind of a paradox there in my upbringing. So I had, I had too much choice just following on from what, <laughs> from what you uh, were just speaking about. And so the, some of the deep beliefs that I held, which I think are held by many was that I, there's judgment about what is right and what is wrong. And that again, external authorities of what is right and what is wrong. And I didn't, I was a pleaser. You know, if I just do what, if I just do what I'm told, <laughs> I, you know, everyone's happy with me and they're going to love me and I'm going to belong. Right? You just behave. <laughs> just behave. Just do what you're told. Just do what you're told. Uh, and you know, another big belief I held was life is hard and then you die. My my stepfather, bless him, is uh, East London. And he had a hard life and, you know, World War II and, you know, rationing and all those kinds of things. Uh, but he, you know, to him, life is a, a battle, mm. a war to be waged and won and conquered and only the fittest shall survive. And you've got to be the best and you've got to work hard and all these kinds of things. And... And I subscribed to all of those and not one of them turned out to be my truth. Not one of them, not one of these beliefs. They turned out to be prisons for me. And I suspect that they're prisons for a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of humans. That's Um, interesting. So raising my children, raising my children, they have been my biggest teachers. And I think that's a cliche. Perhaps we say that a lot, but really, they're the they're the mirrors for me mm-hmm. of what you know old patterns that I would just I would just speak you know oh you know using shame or to manipulate in ways that I was like oh my god did that come out of my mouth I don't mean that you know I don't mean that that's not true you know or you should respect me that was another one that I was force fed for, you know, that, mm. that somebody deserves my respect, even if they treat me poorly um, or try to make me feel bad or, you know, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of, uh, to me, this, this journey has been, and the plants have helped me unwind all of these beliefs. And it, 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 it you know, if, if there was a storyline for my, it, it's, it's empowerment, empowerment to see life as, it's serving me, helping me grow rather than being a victim of life and having to try to control it in some way or feeling out of control when it doesn't go my way. Uh, and so that has been the thread that I have been unwinding and following. Mm. And, you know, the, the, the flowers, you know, each one of them has a personality, if you like, and I would find that when I was working with a certain flower, when I picked a certain card, 
it would be not in uh, some kind of altered consciousness that I would understand our, my connection and how it resonated with what was going on in my life. It was in my everyday waking life. It was my life is here to teach me. It's here to help me grow. And the flower that I needed would show up and it would give me a perspective. It would give me a tool with which to, a lens perhaps, like, you know, to, to a different set of glasses than the ones that I was given as a child to, to, to look at the world around me. It would help shift my perception. And I began to see like everything that I was experiencing in my life and the challenges and stories of my children or my work or whatever, my partner, whatever is going on as, as nourishment for my growth. And, mm. and it's challenging. It's not like life, you know, it's like we think that if we've got it all figured out, it's all going to be just unicorns and rainbows. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, or that, people, or that yeah. it's even possible. That's a really good marketing slogan that we've been force fed. Yeah. But there's no, that's going to fix us and everything's going to be wonderful oh. in this future time in this some future place, you know, taking us out of what is right now. And so, you know, nature to me is, and has always just said, what is happening? What is actually happening? And bringing me into this consciousness, this, this conscious place of like, well, actually birds are singing. I've got a full belly, you know, I've got a roof over my head right now. Let me start there. Yeah. Let me create from that place. What, what I find <clears throat> uh, sad and humorous at the same time of course. <laughs> uh, is, is um, uh, especially from those people who um, are of a particular philosophy that some outside force is interfering with uh, their joy or what have you. And uh, many people will, of course, they'll say, well, look at Job and look at what he went through and so forth. And and and. I think of that biblical passage from the New Testament where Jesus is he's trying to explain to his followers, his disciples, who are grumbling about those very things you just uh, alluded to. He says, look, look, at, look at the birds. You see the birds up there? They don't work. They don't toil. And yet they're taken care of. How much more will your father who loves you take care of you? So don't worry about what you're going to wear on your back or what you're going to eat uh, or where you're going to rest your head tonight. You're taken care of. And it's one of those things that, um, and again, I, I, when I say these things, I never mean any disrespect. I'm just trying to maybe uh, share an observation on my part, and that is that um, we had value before the sacrifice from the Christian perspective, the philosophy. How much more value do we have now? I mean, my God, we were created by some, you know, not necessarily outside force, but let's stick with the, the philosophy there. Uh, and we, are, we, we were created out of love. Now, yeah. yeah, okay, if you choose to accept the concept of original sin, fine. But that didn't mean... Any more than I'm sure when your kids have misbehaved, they have, they have messed up, they've um, violated the rules, okay, um, by bringing a lion into the living room, you're not supposed to do that. You still love them, but, you know, the, you know there has to be a, a, a time of reckoning, so to speak. But it didn't change your feelings for them. You're not going to toss them out. 
saying, oh, you screwed up. Bye. And so then there's the sacrifice. It's like, well, how much more? I mean, how do you go from pricelessness before to beyond pricelessness? You know, you're either priceless or you're not. So I just I always found that so interesting because I worked 15 years for a Christian radio station and I heard all of these messages about how we were nothing more than lowly worms. You know, we were just, you know, he could just sweep his hand across the planet and wipe us all out. But he didn't, you know. That's that's really traumatic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is, really. It's very traumatic. But Um, it's like, wait a minute, you know, you're missing the point of of the message. You're missing the point of the message. And and, uh, there was something that I was reading from your website about um, uh, happiness. It's a process. And I have a feeling that the founding fathers of this country... They understood that. Yes, they gave us, uh, th- they listed only three of the inalienable rights life and liberty. But when it came to happiness, uh, you, you get to pursue it. As you, as, as you say on your website, it's a process. Happiness is not something that we achieve, it's, it's something that, if you will, I guess, kind of ebbs and flows because. That's the nature, the cyclical aspect of this world, right? Yeah, it's 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 an it's a it's an emotion, it's a feeling. It's not. It, it, it's something that you express. Yeah, yeah. It's not tangible. It's, yeah, it's untangible, and I mean, we know money does not buy happiness, and yet we pursue money as if it's going to. Yeah. Yes, it makes life easier, but I think I think it all boils down to again, like you're saying, was like choice. You know, choice mm-hmm. that we have a choice, and I chose consciously that I want to be happy. I'm choosing happiness, and I choose to see life as a gift, and I choose to see it as precious. Yeah, and I choose to see everybody on this planet, every human, you know, with their halos on, some some slightly askew, <laughs> but as all as expressions of spirit or love. Mm-hmm. And and when it's like how they say to speakers, if you if you if you want to be on stage speaking, imagine everyone in their underwear. It's the great equalizer, right? Mm-hmm. You know. And I just choose to imagine. I choose to use the power of my imagination, which is my creative gift, and we all have this, to see life as beautiful, and that we're in the Garden of Eden. It's here. Mm-hmm. It's right here. Mm-hmm. We're walking on it. It's abundant. There's enough for everybody. Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. And, and when you, you know, so then I have to then examine in myself all the ways that my thoughts and my words and my actions don't align with that fundamental truth, yeah. which is what nature is showing me. And, you know, yeah, and, and, you know, your point is well taken because I know that, and I, I am doing my utmost not to listen to or watch any news uh, especially yeah. in the last, specifically several months, but over the years. And I, the irony has been that I've worked for news talk information stations for the better part of my career. So it's like, mm-hmm. how do you escape it? But over the last few months, I've really been working hard to uh, uh, to stay away from that. And yet when I do hear it, I hear, oh, I hear the word, of course, I hear the word inflation and I hear the word recession. Uh, Harry Chafin in one of his songs asks the question, who makes what inflate? And uh, 
Uh, you know, and I, I find that's a very good question. But what I've noticed is that the universe has found a way for me to basically go through this mythical, I'm going to call it mythical thing, okay, just like in 2008, uh, and it's like, I'm sorry, I don't see it. Yeah, I know. I had to pay $6.09 a gallon for gas, but the universe somehow in some way made a way for me to have what I needed to do it, to put that $6.09 a gallon in the tank. And now, of course, it's starting to come down. And, of course, I was telling people all along, I said, relax, this is temporary. And the price of this and the price of that was going up. Relax, it's temporary. It, you said it before. Change is inevitable. Change is the constant in the universe. And there's this great book. And, by the way, one of my listeners, um, I believe her name is Marlene, she sent me this poster that is associated with a book I read back when I was working for the Christian station. It's called Who Moved the Cheese? I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. No. <laughs> it has to do with change. And I read the book. It was made mandatory. And I read it and I put it back on my boss's desk and I said to him, I said, look, I get the point of the story. However, I do not have a problem with somebody moving the cheese. That's fine. Just Tell me where you moved it. That's all I want to know. If you don't like it here and you move it over there, I just need to know where you moved it so I know where to find it. Um, but that's going to happen because everything is in motion. I mean, look at the cosmos. I mean, have you seen those pictures from the James Webb telescope? Yeah, Spectacular. Now, everything is sitting still, obviously, and it's a still image. But all of that is in motion. Yeah, it's humbling. It's it, humbling, humbling, humbling. And yeah. whenever I feel like, you know, the world is against me, I, mean, I just, I feel humbled by nature. That's another big message, you know, like just, I'm just yes. here for a little while. I'm just here for a little while. And, and what am I going to create in my life? Am I going to create love or am I going to create fear? You know, and then really it boils down to those two things mm -hmm. for me, the scarcity um, you know, all these separation, all these things come from a place of fear. And for me, all I, I want to create love and I'm humbled. I'm really deeply humbled by how nature is supporting us. And I'm honored to age. I'm honored to <laughs> go through this process. And I, I want to, um, I want to experience every aspect of life. Mm. You know, mm. I want to, I want to live. I don't want to hide away in my home, scared of everything, um, scared of speaking, scared yeah. of being who I am. And this is this is my soul flower work. You know, it's like, okay, what is on my plate today for me to grow myself? Well, I, today I'm talking to, to Richard, you know. I, I couldn't agree with you more on, on those sentiments. Absolutely. We're talking with Lisa Estabrook, and it is mysoulflower.com. That is her website. And you're listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And I wanted to ask you, Lisa Estabrook, about um, these uh, plant spirits. Now, 
uh, sort of a sidebar, but sort of related. You might may or may not be familiar with a scientist back in, I believe it was the 20s or 30s, 1920s or 30s, okay. Uh, his name was Jagadish Chandra Bose, Indian, Indian scientist. He's written about in Autobiography of a Yogi. And he, ta- he created a device called the Crescograph, which helps to measure, I'll call it, the blood pressure of plants. It's the turgor pressure. And the way he was able to determine the sentientness of plants, he would take a, a cloth of chloroform and he would move it very close to the plant and the turgor pressure would uh, decrease. And then when he moved it away, the turgor pressure would increase. And he did with this all with all different kinds of plants to basically say they are living where is that connection in regards to these plant spirits that you speak of? Well, so I consider all the plants my friends, my confidants, my teachers, my mentors. They have consciousness. They have personalities. They don't communicate in the way that we communicate. They don't make words. They don't have a mouth, obviously but they communicate and they communicate through our hearts. They communicate through the language of resonance and connection and love. And I think there was a realization at some point in my life, like how we're all in relationship with flowers already. We already know they speak to us. It's just that we are trying to pigeonhole them like everything. So like, you know, we've taken the magic out of the science, you know, science and, and, and spirituality and magic. It needs to, it needs to, it's like two sides of the same coin. We need both. Mm-hmm. We need both. Um, you know, and everything that's ever created has come from imagination, right? It's not necessarily come from a lab, but the lab, you, you have to have the the inspiration and the, and the imagination to start the scientific you know, like this yogi made this machine. Well, what was the inspiration? And the, you know, that was the magic part. And we, we, you know, we need to remember that not everything that we know can be seen or quantified. Mm-hmm. And so with the flowers, think about what you do if you're somebody's not feeling well and you want to help lift their spirits. Well, you might bring them a bouquet of flowers. Mm-hmm. What might to celebrate your wedding or your death you bring flowers you bring these plants in because they have meaning and they they affect the space in which they are brought i mean who hasn't you know you put a a vase of flowers in your room and it it brightens up the space it lifts the energy Mm -hmm. so we know that we know that we feel that we don't necessarily have a, a a a framework to cognitively or scientifically understand that, but we know it and we're in relation with them. Yeah. And so it wasn't much of a leap for me anyway hmm. to begin to feel into how I felt around certain flowers and when they were in my life and to start to make connections. And so now we are the, the Ukrainian war, for example, and sunflower is uh, the, the national flower and you see it everywhere. 
around us. We see in it in our social media feeds, we see it. I mean, it's on our, it's in our every, probably everybody's cupboard. We have probably all have sunflower oil. We're, we're ingesting it. We're in relationship with this flower. So now when you begin to kind of feel into the flower, I, I mean, I honestly, I use my imagination. I use that tool to become the flower almost to know and and as i'm tending it in the garden i'm like oh you don't like being in the shade here oh you don't like having your roots wet you know you like being in the sun you like you know being in the center of the garden and so you begin to kind of have this narration you begin to have this communication like you do with a nonverbal child or a pet you know you just know oh you're feeling thirsty and, and, and it's like, it just grows from there. It grows from that point. And so, you know, I've been in relationship with these particular flowers. There's 44 in this deck. They all grow in my gardens or they're, they're in the woods around my house. And I've been in relationship like, a, like I am with another human for a long, long time. And we've had lots and lots of conversations. And the sunflowers popping up. To remind us is the the attribution that I the soul quality and of course like they're complex beings they're, you know we're not just you can't you can't whittle me down to one particular you know attribution you might say crazy right mm-hmm. okay she's crazy <laughs> you know but it's a, it's like it's a soul quality like a like a human so yeah. like so so sunflower for me it just is confidence and the way that she stands so tall in her garden, you know, stands tall about other, everyone else. And yet, and radiates this, just this, this magnificence, this look at me. And some people feel like very intimidated by sunflower, that they're very showy even. And yet they also bow their heads and they're humble. And they just, they're standing in the truth of who they are. Like, look, I am this incredibly beautiful sunflower and I am, standing in the truth of what that of who that is and who I am and I'm not apologetic about it and so sunflower would show up in my life all the times where I'm like you know it's okay to just be who you are just to be yourself and have some confidence (laughs) in who you are and I would be like maybe in my own internal world driving along worrying about something you know and you'll pass some sunflowers on the street or somebody will start a conversation you know in the the supermarket checkout in front of you and they've got a sunflower on their t-shirt and I would start to be reminded of this being that's in my life and what they and the qualities that they bring up in my body and in my feelings and it starts to just weave together this beautiful experience and story. So, you know, I encourage people to go to my website. Yes. As you've mentioned before, but I have a free daily pick there and I don't, I don't connect. I don't collect any information. You can go and play with it. You can say to yourself, well, what do I need to be reminded of right now in my life? And, and you go through the process of picking a card right there and see how it resonates with you. Mm. See what comes up. Yeah. And, and then, Maybe just kind of, you know, even maybe write the card, the message, and I, I take people on a journey on my in my website. You can die, you can go deep as deep as you want, and I share my my stories and my experiences from my own life. Not to tell people how to do things. Not here's how you need to be to be happy, but to figure it out for themselves. 
you know, mm-hmm. to inspire them to begin that dialogue with themselves and with nature and with, you know, and with themselves as nature. <laughs> yeah. You have, you know, so, so it, yeah, I don't know if that, where I ended up on that tangent, no, that spiral you're, you're, as you do, <laughs> you do, right. You know, things just drop in and that's I just right. follow them. That's right. I well, follow them. It's play. It's yeah. curiosity. Keeping an open mind. Exactly. Exactly. To all the yeah, to all the things that we don't understand, and we know germs exist, right? Mm-hmm. But we can't see them. So I'm like, yeah. Let's 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 be a little bit more open to potential of what our lives are and what our world is, and yeah. Be. You know, you mentioned germs. I I. Again, and I remember when I came up with this thought, maybe it makes me a little crazy too, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, when uh, the uh, coronavirus or COVID-19 was first uh, shown to us on the screen, you know, represented as the cell, you know, with all those tiny little crowns on it. Uh, someone said to me that, uh, uh, you know, if you really look at it, there's, there's, uh, there's a sort of an element if you will, of royalty about it. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, but the other thought was, and I made this comment, and again, I mean no disrespect to anybody who has gotten this, has felt horrible or has lost loved ones because of it. But I, I, the thought occurred to me, because we're trying to find something to kill it, and I thought, well, how do you know this isn't some other life form? You know, where's the prime directive when you need it, you know, right, right. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it has a potential to be, everything has a potential to be an initiator, an initiator of growth. I mean, yeah. and, and can it, it bring has, us together or does it yeah. divide us? And yeah. can we see that? And can something so small that can, can transcend all of our human constructs of boundaries and borders and, you know, socioeconomic groups or whatever. It's, 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 it doesn't, it's like, it's laughing at us. It's like, it, I can, it, it, this transcends all of it. Maybe it brings us back into our humanity, uh, brings us back into the fold of life, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. No, or, I agree. I agree. You know, you know, we can't live our lives in a bubble. Well, we can, we can choose to. We, sure. Sure. But the fact of the matter is that this is one of who knows, maybe millions of other, um, uh, shall we say, how do we put this challenges to human existence? And to me, I would rather use that word challenge, Um, that life isn't hard. It just has challenges. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of them have a, uh, what, what, how do they say in the Olympics, uh, a level of difficulty of one. And some of them may have a, a level of difficulty of 10. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> and no, I cannot do a triple sow cow. I barely know what that is. But it's, <laughs> it's just fascinating. Um, I was talking with someone the other day, and uh, we were talking about this concept of dualism. There isn't any dualism in the universe out in the cosmos. There's no judgment out there as to things moving around and crashing into each other and supernovas exploding and black holes sucking in whatever, it, you know, whatever materials around them and all those kinds of things. It's just what happens. And on the subatomic level, it's the same thing. But here where you and I live, oh, boy, is our judgment. And so I'm starting to... I have started to to view the world from a different perspective, and that is that 
There is no dualism. This is this is just what it is. It's what it is. And and and, an and it can help to stay that observer. It's not easy because we always want to make it we want personal. I did this with people driving here in California. I'd get up in the morning and I'd get out there and we'd drive to work and then drive home. It's like, what's the matter with you people? And someone said to me something that was quite profound that really kind of nailed this down for me. I said, Richard, they did not get up this morning and say, let's get Richard. It's nothing personal. Now, on the one hand, I'm going, oh, well, thank God. Okay, I get it. All right. But on the other hand, what? They don't care enough about me, the narcissist in me. They don't care enough about me to, you know, it's like, well, you should feel grateful that they didn't get up saying, let's get Richard. You know, they're trying to get from point A to B, just like you. They just probably woke up. Maybe they're running late. Dot, 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 whatever the story is, just back off and let them do their thing. And they'll let you do your thing. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I am. Um, yeah, I, I, I really I, I really resonate with what you're saying. And I, again, it will boils down to choice. It will boils down to choice. Yeah. And, and to me, it, yeah, we live on a polarity planet, but I've oh, I can't remember which plant it was. Uh, I think it was evening primrose, but it's like, you know, it, it, it's like, why is it either or? Why is it always good, bad, right, yeah. left? You know, can we see them as, or light, dark? You know, can we see them as two sides of the same coin? Mm. Both and. Bird, bring it together, yeah. and it's just, and there, and that it's not one or the other. There's a whole spectrum in between of experiences, of realities, and we each are moving on that spectrum all the time. So to me, it's like just seeing, I always see this big ampersand, you know, it's, it's not, or it's, and, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. this, and, and, and that helps me a lot with, yeah, with just navigating my own experience, <laughs> navigating my own experience yeah. and trying to be an understanding person. So. Absolutely. Lisa Astabrook is my guest. Uh, It is mysoulflower.com is the website, mysoulflower.com. We encourage you to find out more about and go there and pick a card. Pick a card, any card. Yeah, yeah, go play. (laughs) Go Go play, play, you know, I I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, we take we're, ourselves uh, far too seriously. <laughs> we do indeed. Uh, go out and pursue happiness. It's one of your inalienable rights, all right? Uh, go yes. out and have some fun. Skip in the park, uh, you know. I mean, good heavens, do something and have a good time. And hopefully also listen to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, uh, and uh, I'm here uh, as your host along with my guest, Lisa Astabrook, and uh, we're talking about the work that she has been doing for for uh, a few years, and and um, I'm curious about your your children, uh, your family, and and their uh, receptivity to the work that you do, and this whole aspect of the the plant spirits. Well, they uh, they accept me. <laughs> they accept me. Now, I didn't share this information. I didn't share that I was that I communicate with plants or other that I listen to plants. I this was my inner world for a very long time, and I had it was part of my journey to in 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 essence to come out to my family to be who I am because I'm like oh my god are they not going to love me anymore? Are they going to think I'm kooky? No, and I've been absolutely 
just, uh, you know, all of our worst fears and just never not realized, you know, I was shown how much uh, I was shown compassion. I was shown understanding, even if they don't agree, even if they don't feel that or experience that for themselves, they are accepting and understanding and and we have fun around it my husband likes to you know scream when i'm cutting the carrots for making soup you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it was him that came up with a came up with the plant whisperer kind of title for me because oh, i'm out in the garden i'm a heavens. crazy plant lady talking to my plants he's what are you doing i'm like oh, well nothing i'm just talking to my plants you know and he would make fun of me as the plant whisperer. And I said, well, I have to whisper it because I can't hear them. Otherwise, you know, I have to be quiet. It's not like me coming out there and, you know, and bulldozing them. And, you know, I have to I have yeah. to go gently. I have to listen. And, and that's the way I've had to be in my family. And, and they're tending me and I'm tending as, as I tend them. And we have fun yeah. around it. And, and we have hard times and challenges too. My, my kids are now uh, 16 and, 18 and about to be 22 and you know they have their their challenges as well and it's made me a better parent to be you know being um and connected with the plants and nature it's made me a better parent it's made me a better person mm. um and you know each 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 cycle around this spiral i hope to be a you know to step into a, a greater and better expression of you know who i am each yeah. time around and 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 so i i look at my you know as a spiritual journey my 22 year old is definitely where i was when i was in my early 40s so i feel like that's that's how i know that this is how we heal the world is when we do our own inner work this is how we heal this planet is each of us you know taking responsibility for our own lives and yeah. our own journey yeah and 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 and, and i and i you know we you know, just to kind of circle back around to where we began this conversation, where you called me Lisa Estehart. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I have tried to reframe hard work as heart work. You know, we are all in our minds, we are trying to understand the world from this logical, rational perspective all the time where we need to open our hearts and what, you know, opening our hearts isn't a comfy, isn't a comfy process, but no. we need to open our hearts to, to ourselves and to each other to nature it's it, that's where we connect that's where we all connect and you know sometimes it takes a lot to break open our hearts yeah it <laughs> we, reminds all, yeah it, it, it reminds me and i've shared this before it reminds me of that uh, one scene in uh, uh, one of the episodes of star trek next generation with the android data and uh, the episode basically surrounds um, uh, individuals who they're, they're working with who weren't uh, completely honest along the way. And so they're having this conversation and Data says, well, uh, so, so wouldn't it be better not to trust? And, and he says, and, and uh, Riker says, uh, no, no, it wouldn't, you know, because there will be those times when your the trust that you've placed in someone will be uh, reciprocated and they will honor that. Uh, but yes, uh, there will be those times when it won't be and they will uh, and, and they aren't some people aren't trustworthy, but it's worth the risk. And um, I think that we also have to recognize, too, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, we don't know what they've been through, what the, what's what's happened with them and why. 
they we we you know they don't exhibit trustworthy behavior. We don't know the reasons behind that. Maybe it's because they were lied to for a period of time in their childhood. That kind of thing. We we just don't know. Uh, so it's better to put yourself out there. And I think that we avoid being hurt or or uh, um, uh, feeling as though our, our trust was betrayed. We avoid that when we recognize where the other person got this behavior from or, or attitude. And right. we say, okay, I'm not going to take it personally because this is, you know, right now, this is just the way they are. And maybe they're going through their own work and their own process and so forth. Maybe not. Right. And your 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 seed of kindness might be the, might be the the seed that lodges in their hearts and begins to open it. I remember my ch- children, you know, and this is out of the mouths of babes. You know, how do you make an enemy? You know, how do you deal with a bully? You make them your friend. You know, it's yeah. like. You know, I think humans are, we're all children. We're all babies out there in the world, you know, hurt babies. Yeah. We're all hurt and we're all traumatized. And, and if you turn on the news, you're traumatizing yourself further every single moment. Um, Yeah. And, you know, if we can understand that it's not personal and everyone's acting from their own conscious, unconscious level of hurt and pain. Mm -hmm. And it, it, you know, I had to see that in myself. I had to see it in myself. And then when I saw it in myself, I could see then see it in everybody else as well. And I, I, you know, I'm going to say Mr. Rogers. I mean, I'm watching Mr. Rogers. You know, look for the good. Look for the helpers because they're always there. And we have a choice. You know, we have a choice. We want to, and humans, we just like to, we like to see the trauma. We like to see, like, we like to see, you know, the the rubberneckers on the street. We want to see the, the bad stuff that's happening. It's kind of. Well, as in, the, it, as in the media, it, if it bleeds, it leads. That's how that yeah. works. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's awful. And yet, and it's, it's awful. It's, it's hard. And, yeah. and so, yeah, I'm changing it from hard work to heart work because we, we need to open our hearts. We need to begin, yeah. you know, feeling the pain, feeling our, our bodies, you know, and yeah. Lisa Astabrook, a.k.a. Lisa Astahart, is my guest here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I want to thank my guest, Lisa Astabrook, for joining us here on the program, sharing with us MySoulFlower.com, MySoulFlower.com. We will be linked to your website as well, so people can go there as they're listening to or watching uh, Tell Me Your Story and uh, the uh, comments and conversation that we have. I have three final questions that I ask all of my guests. You may have answered them uh, throughout the program in some fashion, but I like to ask them directly. But before I do, I want to thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We're here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and then on Wednesdays for our special edition of Tell Me Your Story at 9 a.m. We stream live at those times at richarddugan.com, and the podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, many other locations. And you can watch these interviews on YouTube, and as I said earlier in the program, if you subscribe, you can be notified every time there's 
new content up on those platforms. We also ask that if you can support the work that we are doing financially, we would greatly appreciate it. We have a PayPal account that is there for your security as well as ours. And we ask you to participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, where we ask you to go within and listen to that still small voice. I just spend, I had one, uh, one of my uh, guests, uh, Lisa, say 60 seconds. If you just start with one minute, okay, and it'll grow in time, but just stop and just take 60 seconds. If you have to set an alarm, set an alarm. I don't care. But take that time to, to go within and just be quiet and still and peaceful and calm. With that, we now go to our three final questions for our guest. And uh, always grateful uh, that uh, our guests give us so much time here on this program. So the first of the three questions is, who is Lisa Estabrook? I'm a human being and a complicated houseplant. (laughs) (laughs) What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? Uh, An understanding of life as serving me and not against me. And to sow that seed in the hearts of others. And finally... What is your life's purpose? To be myself. (laughs) Well, Lisa, again, thank you so much for sharing with us uh, both yourself and uh, your your plant oracle cards, your deck, as well as the guidebook that's available through your website. And it's been a real pleasure. I hope we get a chance to talk again very soon. Thank you so much for having me, Richard. It's been lovely. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to Lal and Jeanette, I am listening. <laughs>